That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 255 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming from Sandusky, Ohio. Beautiful, toasty, warm, 25 degrees Sandusky, Ohio. I hope you're having a fantastic day. In just a moment, I'm going to be jumping into my tips for round five. Uh, I'll be joined a little bit later on in the episode by Mick Aussie from MickAussie.tv. Um... Love bringing Mick on each week to uh, talk about uh, his thoughts on the games. We've already traded a few messages today. We did post our tips for the first game of the weekend uh, up on social media. Um, I did tip the uh, Crows, as did he. He is a mad Crow supporter, so he's very excited about the results of today. Um, but we're going to be talking about the gather round, and uh, I think this is going to be an absolutely awesome weekend. Now, I was a little concerned about the uh, the surface um, at the uh, Adelaide Oval with six games being played there this weekend. I just wondered how beat up it was going to be and uh, kind of expressed some concerns about what might happen by the time the sixth game, Collingwood and St. Kilda, gets played uh, on Sunday. What's the surface going to look like? So I was a little concerned. I, I was... You know, knock on wood, not wanting to see any uh, any sort of injuries and such that were related to the surface. And I had several people reach out to me on social media, who said, you know, that that the folks there are top notch and that they'll you know they'll do a great job and that they've seen many many games played in uh, succession on that ground and other grounds and they've held up well. So I'm I'm a little bit relieved by that. So I'm I'm kind of happy that that's the case. Now. Don't forget, folks, if you are interested in having your local footy club getting a shout-out during an upcoming episode, make sure you drop me a note via email at ayankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can uh, also reach out on any of my socials, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, There are links to all of those on my website. Uh, Also in the show notes for this episode, ayankonthefooty.com. I love being able to highlight the clubs each week. And it just, it helps me to learn the geography of the game and, and make connections with, with people that, uh, that otherwise I probably not, would not ever have the chance to, to touch base with. So, I mean, it's, I've had some, some great conversations with people with different clubs all over Australia and even a few here in the United States and around the world as well. Now, I do want to let you know before we dive in, uh, I have started to update, um, my episode listings on, the different uh, video platforms, YouTube, and also over on Rumble, uh, which is a YouTube competitor. Uh, I think I have about 14 or 15 episodes up there now, including all six of the episodes on why I believe NFL fans would love the AFL. There's a recent blog post over my website about that as well. But if you head over to the Rumble page, uh, just look for a yank on the footy. You'll find all of those episodes there as well. So, today's club of the episode are the Loxton Tigers Football Club. And Loxton is located on the southern edge of the Murray River National Park in South Australia. Now, this club began playing scratch matches back around 1907, based upon what I was able to learn from their website. Uh, They joined the Loxton Football Association in 1913. 
Now, over the years, the club has captured 28 different premierships. Now, this was, this was a name I was definitely familiar with, but uh, the legendary Russell Ebert, and you know that name, uh, especially if you live in South Australia, but I think if you're a footy fan, you know that name. Four-time uh, Magary medalist, six-time Port Adelaide Best and Ferris winner. He cut his teeth with the Tigers before he moved on to playing in the uh, Sandful and then in the AFL for a short while. Now, next Wednesday on the 19th of April from 10 a.m. to 1, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, the club's going to be hosting their school holiday fun day at the Precinct Loxton for kids that are 12 and under. Uh, there's all kinds of activities there. There's uh, information about that over on their Facebook page. I'll have that linked in the show notes. And this Sunday, the 16th at 10 a.m., the club is having a what they call a working bee uh, to help prepare for the upcoming season, moving signage around, doing cleaning and that sort of thing, getting ready for uh, their first uh, game of the round, which is coming up on the 22nd of April against Loxton North. And I want to wish the Tigers the absolute best this year going into 2023. Um, go get them, Tigers. I like the, the slightly different uh, Tiger logo also. I mean, it, and and the the emblem on the uh, the back of your polo shirts, I just... I. That just tells me there's a lot of a lot of connectivity there with uh, with the people of your of your club there as well. I really really like that. Now last week I went seven and two in my tips, a little better than the week before when I believe I went three and six. I missed out on Sydney and Collingwood, and and you could argue that maybe I shouldn't have missed out on uh, Sydney. Um, had the you know some of the Swans players did a little bit more shepherding. Um, now. I know not everybody's thrilled about the uh, the gather round, okay? But it's 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 an extra round of footy, okay? It's it's getting us nine more games of footy this year than we would have otherwise had. So I think if nothing else, that's a good thing. Now, could they have maybe had this round? And and and, and I guess I should preface this: I did see a number of uh, Collingwood supporters, in particular who were not real thrilled. And again, you know, the, the people who are making the uh, the fixture out don't know who's going to be at the top of the ladder after four rounds. They don't have any way of knowing that, but St. Kilda is. But this is the lone time that the Magpies are playing St. Kilda this year, and they're playing them at the Adelaide Oval. Now, of course, if the two those two sides were playing at the MCG this weekend, you would probably see... 75, 80, 85,000 people at the MCG, maybe even some supporters of other clubs because they want to come see two top-of-the-ladder teams playing. So I guess there's maybe a valid argument in that, uh, having this be one of the, the single games that uh, that the uh, clubs are playing. So maybe one of the things that you could use to tweak the, uh, the gather-round in the future... Um, could be, you know, each of the clubs is playing six different teams twice. When the gather round happens next year, and let's just say that they, uh, let's say next year they go to Perth, okay? And uh, all 18 clubs are in Perth for this. Maybe those nine games that are in Perth are all games that those two sides are playing one another twice during the course of the year. So maybe that would still that would you know that would appease maybe a little bit the situation with uh, with regards to you know missing out on you know, getting to play one of your rivals and such uh, in front of a larger crowd. I, I don't know. I just I think that that might be a uh, a good solution. Now 
I got thinking about something as I'm watching the game this morning. And again, I'm up at five o'clock this morning. Coffee maker turns on at five ten and makes my pot of coffee for me, which was gone by the end of the third quarter. I drink a lot of coffee. Uh, coffee and oatmeal during football. If you've not tried it before, I do highly, highly recommend it. Um, but I'm watching this and I'm thinking to myself, there's this push going on right now. And I don't know how hard the push is actually happening, but to bring in the 19th side, very likely in Tasmania, should they figure out the funding for a new stadium. Well, if the gather round becomes this great tool of, of bringing all the sides together and celebrating this festival of footy that they talk about, how well is that going to work with 19 clubs and they bring 19 clubs together for a festival of footy. And they tell one of those clubs, hey, bring your golf clubs, bring your budgie smuggler, your swim fin, some sunblock. You're coming, but it's a bye week for you and you're not playing. I don't think that's going to go over terribly well. So I, I think that that something like the gather round is going to almost propel the competition to look for that 20th side and where is it going to come from? Okay. Or unfortunately, maybe a club shows, I don't know, maybe a club shows up in Tasmania and, uh, and we have a situation where two clubs who are struggling financially end up merging with one another. And, and again, I do not wish that happens at all. Okay. Having gone through losing the Cleveland Browns and having them taken to, you know, or go to Baltimore and then become part of the same division the Browns are in today. It's just something that I will never, ever forgive Art Modell, the guy who owned the Browns, the people in Cleveland government who helped, who couldn't get a resolution done. It, it is painful to, to know that that club used to be your team. And granted, it's been over 20 years now, but it's still, you know, Never forgive, never forget. I'm sorry. I just, I, I just can't do it. So I don't be, I don't wish that on anybody. I mean, I, I feel bad for, you know, South Melbourne fans who lost their club to Sydney. And again, don't begrudge Sydney at all. I feel bad for the, uh, the club that, uh, Fitzroy that, uh, ended up having to merge with the, the Brisbane club. I feel bad for them having lost their team. I would not want to see anybody's team get displaced or moved or merged or folded into another one. I, I, I don't want to see that, of course. So, um, like I said, I think this might end up being the thing that compels the, uh, the AFL to look for that 20th side. And I chatted with somebody online today about, you know, it's very likely that it could be Darwin. Uh, and maybe that club then will play a, uh, game or two down in, uh, Alice Springs, maybe a game um, in Cairns or Townsville uh, as well, possibly. But I think you'd have to figure out the the climate situation in the stadium in that type of thing. You'd probably have to have some some sort of uh, an enclosure or a roof on top of their stadium there for it to be a uh, an equitable uh, place for clubs to play. So let's go ahead and jump into the tips for this round, and then we'll uh, we'll hop on with uh, Mick Aussie. All right. So, again, the Ad Adelaide and uh, Carlton game has already been played. I didn't see a, a ten goal 
victory happening here. I tipped the, the Crows to win by seven. I thought this was going to be a heck of a shootout, though. The Crows held up their end of the bargain on that. And, and you know, the Blues just really struggled inside 50. They got inside 50 more than the Crows did, but what they did with it when they got there was just in, ineffective. Okay, so we move on then to Fremantle and the Gold Coast Suns at the Norwood Oval. So you talk about two clubs that are absolutely desperate for a win. And I think at this point in time, you know, yes, the uh, Dockers made finals last year. But do Justin Longmuir and Stuart do, do they need to start having a better showing in order to hang on to their jobs for next year, for 2024? Yeah, I know, like I said, the Dockers made finals last year, but I think you could safely say they have regressed this year. Okay. The Suns were the trendy pick to play finals this year. Hey, I followed that trend. I tipped them to play finals. They had a great performance against the Cats, but other than that, they've underwhelmed this year. Now, you got a lot of ins uh, for both sides. On the uh, Fremantle side, uh, Corey Wagner's debuting. Michael Fredericks back in. Sam Sturt's in. Liam Henry omitted. Matthew Taberner is injured. Nathan O'Driscoll's omitted. Nathan Wilson omitted. On the Sun side, Brandon Ellis, Braden Fiorini, Mabiar Chole, Sean Lemons are in. Alex Septon, Sexton is a sub. Elijah Holland's omitted. Quago Way is omitted. Uh, Joel Jeffrey omitted. And Levi Casbolt is being managed. So, you know, I... I think this is, a, this is a game where both clubs absolutely have to win this one. Okay, I think, I think if, you, if you lose this game today, start making your plans for 2024. I don't think you're climbing back up the ladder and playing finals this year. I, ju I just don't think it's going to happen. Now, again, I could be wrong, but I just don't think it's going to happen here. Um, <clears throat> I am going to go with the Suns to win this one by 10. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I think being back in South Australia again this week after having dropped a game there uh, against Adelaide last week, um, I just don't know if I can trust the Dockers to score enough. I've, I've seen a lot of discontent from Docker supporters online. Okay, granted, we don't see a lot of that from Sun supporters online because there aren't enough of them yet to, to be vocal. Those that are are vocal for sure. Um, I just think that their midfield is, is still very solid and Ben King's going to get things figured out. And, uh, I don't know. I'm just going with a hunch with the Suns this week again, cause this is a club that I tipped to play finals this year. I did not tip the Dockers to play finals, so I better put my money where my mouth is. So I've got the Suns winning this one by 10. And then we move back to the Adelaide Oval for the second game of the weekend. You've got Richmond and the Sydney Swans. Ben Miller, Jack Rewalt are in for Richmond. Jack Graham, Toby Nankervis, and Tom Lynch all out injured. Corey Warner debuting for the Swans. Yet another brother combination there. Hayden McLean, Matt Robertson. Dane Rampey out with a bit of a neck issue. Lance Franklin injured. Patty McCartan injured. Tom McCartan injured. You've got a couple wounded clubs limping into the Adelaide Oval here, quite frankly. You know, the Tigers without Nankervis and Lynch for the foreseeable future, I just, I really wonder how are they going to score the goals? Yes, they have the legendary Dusty Martin there. They do. I, I get that. Um, Noah Cumberland's going to be stepping into Lynch's spot. I just, I, I, you know, Shea Bolton is fantastic. Jack Rewalt 
is an absolute legendary goal kicker, but how much attention is going to get paid to him with Tom Lynch out? Okay, I, I just think they're going to have a hard time scoring points with Lynch out. I think they're going to have a hard time in the ruck with Nan Curvis out. He's been fantastic. Um, you know, Swans, again, they've got their own problems. You know, Rampy, you know, Franklin McCartan brothers missing as well, so the defense is going to need a little bit of help. But we saw, you know, a few weeks ago there with, uh, you know, Logan McDonald and, and Joel Amarty stepping in and doing an admirable job kind of replacing Lance Franklin when he was suspended. So I'm going with the Swans to win this one. I really think that we're seeing the, the tail end of the, uh, the Richmond dynasty, and, and I think that the rebuild is getting ready to start here very soon. Um, and I think it's going to be happening with another club I'm going to talk about here in just a minute. And and I wonder, um, you know, I asked this question during the live episode that I did last week. Um, I wonder if the um, Toronto and Hopper acquisitions were an attempt for relevancy in 2023 or were those acquisitions done looking at 2024 and beyond were the, were they there to be kind of the cornerstones of the next Richmond hopeful dynasty I kind of think that's the case because I because I, yeah, I think we're going to start to see this club, and I'll give you a hint, the other one being the West Coast Eagles, which I'm going to talk about here in a moment. But I, I, I'm just going with the Swans to win this one by 11. Um, I do think that they'll be able to make up the lack of uh, Buddy Franklin being there. Because let's be honest, so far this year in the games Buddy has played, he's not exactly lit up the scoreboard. Now, of course, the gentleman is, is probably the last person to ever kick a 1,000 goals. So who in the hell am I to say, well, yeah, Buddy Franklin's really struggling? The man's forgotten more about football than I'll never, I'll ever know about it. Okay, so I'm I'm not begrudging him at all. I'm just looking at a calendar and realizing that that the inevitability may be getting closer than we realize. So let's move on to Brisbane and North Melbourne, and they are at Adelaide Hills. And I'll be honest with you, I've not looked up where this stadium is or who plays at this stadium, but uh, it's going to be interesting that this this game here. I think this is kind of a unique one. Okay, uh, you got Daniel Howell playing his hundredth game for. Uh, North Melbourne, Ben Mackay back in for, I believe, his first game of the year. Griffin Logan, Aiden Bonner uh, omitted. Hugh Greenwood is a substitute. Paul Curtis omitted. Daniel Rich, Darcy Fort in for Brisbane. Devin Robertson substituted. Jack Gunston's being managed. And Jackson Pryor being omitted. Now, the Lions are away from the GABA, and that's not always a good thing. Uh, they've dropped two games so far this year. They've won both games at home. Uh, the Roos have had some special things happen for them, starting out 2-0. Um, I don't know if they're actually selling you the In Clarko We Trust shirts, but uh, I think it'd be one worth having. Maybe package them up with those jumpers that they played with last week, which was really, really sharp. Now, I'm I'm intrigued by this game because, you know, you look at it on paper and you think, yeah, look at that, that uh, midfield from Brisbane. And you just go... Yeah, they've got this in the bag. This is going to be a, a you know, great side here. Um, but I, I wonder, you know, I'm, I think Ben McKay being in is, is huge for um, the Ruse. I, I think that's going to certainly help in combating uh, the Hipwood-Danaher uh, forward line. Um, 
And I'm actually going for what most people would call an upset in this one, okay? This is going to be my upset special for the week. I'm really excited to see these two midfields go, go at each other because I think they're both, you know, you've got one that is certainly on the rise and one that is, you know, thought of as being possibly the best um, midfield in the comp. But I'm going with the uh, the Ruse to win this one. Like I said, in a bit of an upset, I've got them taking this one by about a goal and a half. So I'm going with the Ruse by nine in this game. Okay, I, I don't tell me what, don't ask me why, because I'm not really sure why. I just have a hunch, and I usually, if you listen to these, I do usually take kind of a hunch game each week, which is sometimes why I end up finishing off three and six for the week. Then we move on to the Essendon and Melbourne game back at the Adelaide Oval. And the Bombers are three on three and one on the year, but all three of their wins have come against clubs that were outside of the eight at the moment. The D's have uh, knocked off a couple finals participants from last year. Uh, I think that right now the D's are a better side uh, than the uh, than the Bombers. Uh, Sam Wiedemann's injured. Uh, Alwyn Davy Jr. is being managed. Will Snelling is in for Essendon. Adam Tomlinson, Ben Brown back in for Melbourne. Jake Lieber injured. James Jordan, Michael Hibbard being managed. Um, Jordan is the sub this game. Now, if you are an Essendon supporter, you're thinking to yourself, you know what? Uh, we're pretty stoked about having uh, Jake Stringer back out there because Stringer was awesome this past week. Absolutely awesome. And that's just the, you know, that's, when he's clicking and and you know he's he's kind of like a uh, you know a European sports car. Sometimes he's going to spend some time in the shop, but when he's tuned correctly, man, does that thing absolutely fly down the road? You think about what he did last week. His first game of the year was absolutely phenomenal. Now, I don't think that Jake Stringer is enough for the uh, the Bombers to overtake the Deeds. Again, yes, they are still going to be without Max gone for another few weeks. But, again, they have their own second All-Australian Ruckman ready to uh, to go ahead and uh, shoulder the load. And he did that just this past week, um, you know, with Brody Grundy there. So I'm I'm very bullish on the, uh, the Deeds on this one. I've got the Deeds taking this one by 13 points. I think it's going to be a competitive game, but I, I the bombers need to the bombers need to beat somebody that's a top eight side currently before I go. Okay, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, yeah, call them legit. Okay, I was going to paraphrase that really bad song from back in the '90s, and I didn't remember if it was LL Cool J or uh, whoever it was, and. That did the uh, it was uh, did a, da, 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 I can't think of the guy's name. I can see his picture. He used to be the Bat Boy for the Oakland A's. Um, the the too legit to quit thing. I uh, yeah okay. That's where you realize that I'm an old person, and sometimes I end up sounding a little bit like a fool there when I do that. But um, they're gonna have to prove to me that they're legit. Knocking off the D's would do that. Okay, and I'm not saying that they can't do it. I just think the D's are gonna win this one right now. All right, and then we get to Port Adelaide. Back home against the Western Bulldogs, and Port Adelaide is coming off a massive last-second victory against the Swans. Now, this is a very unique matchup, okay? Two very talented clubs. They've both stumbled a couple times this year. You know, the outset we were wondering, will the real Western Bulldogs show up? Port is hosting this one, um, so they're going to have, you know, the overwhelming majority of the crowd backing them. 
as they should. It's it's basically it's a home game for them. Um, Tom Jonas is out injured. Jackson Mead's been omitted. Ryan Burton is back in off of his concussion. Uh, Tom Libertori is playing his 200th game. You got Alex Keith injured. Bailey Smith is out injured. That's a big loss for the uh, Bulldogs. Hayden Crozier out injured. Robbie McComb omitted. Tim O'Brien, Taylor DeRay, and the little spark plug, Cody Waitman, is back in for his first game of the year. Uh, I think this is going to be a heck of a matchup. You know, it's uh, it's a really, really good uh, good pairing, I think. Um, I, I worry about Port having maybe a little bit of a hangover after the game from last week. Um, but I, I think that... Uh, that may be avoided because I am going to go with Port Adelaide to take this one by eight points. Uh, if it was being played at Marvel, I might be inclined to tip the Bulldogs. I just think that maybe the the home crowd is going to be good for a goal for them, uh, that they're going to feed off of that. So I am going to go with the, uh, the Port Adelaide power to, to go ahead and take this one. And then we move on to... The Adelaide Oval again for, I believe, the second game that afternoon. The Geelong Cats and the West Coast Eagles. And the Cats finally got their first win this past week. Uh, this is another one where I have to question, do I have enough space uh, in the episode episode to tell you who is in and who is out? Well, let's give it a shot. Okay. For the Eagles, Elijah Hewitt omitted. Shannon Hearn being managed. Tom Cole injured. And again, we have the extended interchange right now. So some of these names may not be there when it's ultimately uh, decided upon. Alex Withered and Harry Edwards, Jack Petricelli, Luke Foley, Xavier O'Neill, and Zane True in for the Eagles. Gary Rowan, uh, his suspension upheld. The uh, Cats, I guess, decided, yeah, we're going to go ahead and not um, try to get this one overturned. Uh, Jed Buse out with concussion protocol as well. Back in, Brandon Parfit, Mitch Nevitt, Sam DeConing, Sam Simpson, and Tanner Bruhn. I think at this point in time... You know, the Cats have made it up to 13th on the ladder. Uh, that may change by the time this game is played. Uh, I think the Cats right now are a more talented club than the Eagles. Uh, and I think that the Eagles, as I mentioned earlier, are in a position similar to where the Hawks and the Hawks were last year or even the year before, and the Roos even a couple of the years before that when they began the teardown for the rebuild. I think the Eagles are at the point in time right now with just the massive number of injuries that they've had and their, their older list that they have, that it is, we're seeing a lot of names on that list that are not going to be there next year, okay? And I think this is going to be an awful lot like the Richmond Tigers as well. I think Richmond is going to find themselves doing something similar to this. Maybe they can retool, maybe they can reload, um, but I, I think that this is going to be a game that the Cats have that opportunity in back-to-back weeks. Uh, and again, if you had asked me in the first half last week, you know, are they going to go ahead and win a game by you know, 80 points against the Hawks? I just said, you're out of your damn mind because uh, they were not playing very well in the first half, but they came out and just exploded in the third quarter. Um, I do think the Cats take this one by at least three goals. It very likely will be more than that. I think this is going to be yet another opportunity where... Um, one of the unique things about the AFL as opposed to uh, other sports that I've watched, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, considered to be um, 
unsportsmanlike to run up the score on your opponent in the NFL or in baseball. You know, you'll when I was watching baseball, you know, you get a you get a you big lead. You know, you don't necessarily take that extra base. You go station to station. You 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 hit your double, but you're not going to steal a base now. You're not going to try to, you know, if you've got an eight or ten run lead or whatever the case may be, you don't want to show up the other team and make them look bad. Well, the AFL requires that because of the way the percentage works. So this is going to be another spot here where the cats can go ahead and add percentage onto their spot on the ladder. So I think the cats are going to take this one by at least three goals. Okay. I, I think it'll probably be more than that, but again, I'm not somebody, I'm not going to come out here and say, yes, cats by 80. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I because I, I don't want to be disrespectful and, and, and it, you know, I, I, I don't want to begrudge any of the clubs. These people are all professionals, and I, I just, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to do that. Okay, so let's jump into the last. Uh, I'm sorry, we have two more games this round yet. We got GWS and Hawthorne at the Norwood Oval. Uh, the Giants have dropped three in a row by double digits. Uh, the Hawks are licking their wounds after getting thumped last week by the Cats, as we just talked about. Lots of ins this week. Uh, Seamus Mitchell is uh, in for Hawthorne. Uh, Ned Long, Max Lynch, Lockie Bramble in. Will Day's uh, two-game suspension was upheld. Um, Tom Green's playing his 50th game for GWS. Uh, James Peatling, Kieran Briggs, Ryan Angwin, and Xavier O'Halloran are in. Uh, Brett Daniels being managed. Connor Stone is omitted. And the Giants have made the decision that round five is where they are going to take the number one pick, Aaron Cadman, out of his packaging. And put him on the uh, list for the first game. So Aaron Cadman, it looks like he's going to be making his debut. And again, this is an extended bench right now that is subject to change. Um, you know, once we get closer to game time. But as of right now, he is listed as part of the interchange with uh, two, four, six, eight different players. So he's got about a 50% chance of being in the interchange this, this weekend. Maybe being the emergency as well. Okay. And I don't know, this happened a few times last year with the medical sub in terms of whether or not you would bring a, uh, a first gamer in as the medical sub. I don't know, would you, would you bring in the, a first gamer as the emergency person or do you want to just get them on the interchange and get them out there at the outset? Well, that being said, um, yeah, I think the Giants have been very competitive. You know, those, those like 10-point losses have been close. I do think they're a better side than the Hawks right now. Uh, I was worried about the Giants this year. I did not think, I think having lost what they lost, they were going to uh, scuffle. But I've been impressed by them. I think that they have, uh, they've played with kind of the same edge that uh, that Toby Green, their new captain, plays with. I think that that, that has rubbed off on them a little bit. Um I do think the Giants, without without the, hey, let's go get suspended, that type of thing. Um, I have the Giants taking this one by 11 points, okay, and uh, getting themselves one game closer to being level. So GWS by 11 in this one. And then we get to the last game of the round. And I'll be honest, I don't know when they decided upon the order of the games in terms of which they were going to be getting played, but I don't think they could have picked a better game to close out the gather round. I guess maybe if you put Port Adelaide in there in the last game, so you bookmarked the two clubs that occupy the Adelaide Oval, you could have possibly done that with them and the Bulldogs. But you've got Collingwood and St. Kilda. And uh, 
It's a crackerjack game here. You know, the Pies won their first three before they got, uh, well, they got rucked over last week, okay? Uh, um, yeah, they got rucked over uh, at the Gabba last week. And uh, they're going to be facing another pretty solid ruck this week in Rowan Marshall. And we'll have to see whether or not the, uh, the Pies have figured that out even further with their ruck situation being what it is. Uh, are they going to be doing a better job this week of getting the requisite clearances to compete with the Saints? Saints have got a darn good midfield. Uh, you know, I had seen some speculation that Jack Steele was going to be back in the side this week, but he is not listed on the extended uh, interchange at this point in time. So it does not look like he's going to be back in. Uh, Cooper Sharman, Tim Membry, Tom Campbell are all, li- all listed as in. Uh, Reef McKinnis om- omitted for Collingwood. Trey Rusco, Trent Bianco, Tom Wilson, and stop me if you've heard this name before, Jack Genevin, all listed on the extended interchange for the Magpies. So Jack Genevin may be getting back on the side, and it could be interesting to see what happens with he and, uh, you know, Mr. Bobby Hill out there together. You know, Hill's kind of taken his spot. Can they coexist? Okay. Um, again, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think Steele's going to be back this week, which is not necessarily good news for my fantasy team, but, uh, yeah, Jack Steele, Jared Witt, um, I've had several other ones that are out as well that I've had to dispose. Tom Lynch. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a banner year for my fantasy team this year. Um, what can go wrong has gone wrong for my fantasy team right down to actually, drafting the team when the column that had the buttons that allowed you to select the player did not load on my screen. I talked about that in a previous episode. That was fun. Uh, (laughs) So I'll make sure that's working next year before we actually sit down to do that. So enough about that. Uh, You know, I don't think it's necessarily the worst idea in the world to hold steel out just a little bit longer. I mean, we're talking about healing up a bone in an area that just is, is continually battered with with hard contact throughout the game. Uh, And I'm going to go ahead and uh, go along with what's called the hot hand fallacy, where that, oh, that basketball shooter's made five shots in a row. He's going to make the sixth. Oh, yeah, he's made seven in a row. He's going to make the eighth. That sort of thing. Well, Saints have won four in a row. They're going to win a fifth. I'm going to tip the Saints to win this one, but it's going to be an extraordinarily close game. This is the closest game I'm tipping this week. I have the Saints winning this one by four points. And I think this is going to be the best game of the round. Okay, I really think this is going to be the best game of the round. So um, there you have it. There's my tips for this week. Uh, you'll have to let me know what you think I got right. Call me out what I got wrong. Um, let's go ahead and dive into uh, my chat with Mick Aussie. And we're going to get mixed tips as well right here. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I am thrilled to be joined again this week by... Uh, our resident Canadian expert of uh, all things AFL, CFL, NFL, NHL, NBA, Fanful, Mick Aussie. Mick, welcome back, sir. How are you doing on this beautiful day today? Yeah, thanks, mate. Got the shorts on, and I'd like to uh, congratulate you. I mean, I'm a little bit biased here because the Andrew Zobel interview was a lot about South Australia and I knew the areas that he played in Gawla, obviously, and down in the southeast. Fantastic interview. He spoke really well. So really enjoyed that. But one thing he did miss out 
I actually used to play against him. So he was a year younger than me and he uh-huh. played for Gawler, Gawler Central. So he was one of my toughest opponents in under-15s and under-17s. We were both smallish, but, you know, in the better, better players. Yeah. And we both played Rover against each other. And then luckily he came across and joined the mighty South Gawler Lions. So, yeah, terrific player. Had some good battles with him early on. Oh yeah, and it, it, just hearing the story about the about the club that he's with Adelaide Lutheran and how that that club goes about uh, conducting its business, you know, being a club where the the athletes are you know basically playing the game because they love it, uh, is just is just a really neat story as well. And he spoke highly of you, um, you know, did say that uh, that that you might have gotten around a little bit um, <laughs> when you were in your younger days, he didn't, he did not go into any specifics at all, which I thought was you know, a rather gentlemanly thing to do. But, uh, yeah, I think we could, you know, leave that up to our imagination, but, you know, you shared some, some, uh, newspaper clippings and that sort of thing, uh, things with me as well. When you were, uh, um, over this P this past weekend, it was, you know, you playing against, I think this is when you were with, uh, Woodville, was it not? Yeah, yeah, that was at Nord Oval. But but just back on the uh, Zobel thing, yeah, he politely put that we kind of like to have a beer on Saturday night after a win and up in the Brosser Valley, we kind of all like to have a little beer and try and chat to the beautiful female variety. But what he did say, someone in Gawler was totally telling Porky Pie lies because there's no way I walked around with a media pass in Gawler. Maybe (laughs) I showed... Maybe I showed my Super Bowl pass on the quiet to a couple of people and I wore my mickozzy.com shirt and I tried to get out of him. Who told those lies, Bibbs? But stories get exaggerated, but that's okay. They, it's a small town mentality in Gawler. So hey, as long as they're talking about you, it's all right, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And you were you were telling me that, you know, looking at one of the uh, the photos in the newspaper clippings you were sending me there is that you were – Laying a pretty good tackle. It looks like he got a free kick out of the deal here uh, when you uh, took down Stephen Rowe, who still is in kind of the, I guess, the public spotlight back in Adelaide even to this day. Oh, well, great we're talking the gather round because obviously I'm from South Australia and a couple of the games are at Norwood Oval. It's a very unique oval. And the pictures I sent you of the team lineups was the Michael Ace testimonial game in 1990. He's an absolute South Australian legend. Andrew Jarman was in the centre. Gary McIntosh was there. Norwood were a very good team. I got promoted for that game, so I started on the bench. And right before half time, Stephen Rowe tackled me because he's in the radio now. He's on uh, 5AA radio on Adelaide. Got a great job. But he tackled me and punched me right in the guts. Uh-huh. Right at half time. So obviously I'm like giving it back to him verbally, but you know, he didn't want to get reported. So I'm like, you so-and-so. Well, I got him back a couple of years later, but we talked about that off air. So, you know, well, I, I'm, I, I know, I know that he, yes, we did talk about it off air and he did have to borrow somebody else's boots to play his next game. Yes. You're absolutely right. Yes. Uh, now, yeah, I'm looking at those at the the, the names, and and all I'm seeing are, are last names on there. But there are a couple of last names that that I recognize. You know, the Jarman last name I recognize. Aish is a is a last name I recognize. Uh, who was lined up at full forward for Norwood? There, I'm not sure if that's uh, any relation to the Aish that's in the AFL right now. I see uh, somebody by the name of Lukosius who was on on your side with Woodville. 
Is that any relation to the uh, Jack Lacocious from uh, Gold Coast? Yes, I'm 99% sure that is his dad, Robbie okay. Lacocious. And H, Michael H, I believe the H now with the Dockers is his uncle. So he's the brother, his brother's boy, I'm pretty sure as well. Okay. So, yeah, and and also another name in there, Grant Tanner on the wing. He then went and played quite a few games for you boys, the Geelong Cats. Uh-huh. Johnny Klug, Johnny Klug for Woodville, played for the Crows a lot. So, yeah. That was the year before the Crows came in. So there was a lot of great players that went on to the Crows and the other AFL teams. And I'm standing out in the middle going, what the hell am I doing here? It was kind of scary, like (laughs) massive, massive crowd at Norwood. And when you watch this weekend, you'll see how the stand is very close to the Oval. So the atmosphere is quite daunting, actually, when you're getting smashed. (laughs) Yeah, and you've got, you know, the Suns and Dockers are playing there, and there's one, uh, isn't it the Giants and the Hawks playing there as well? Yep. Yep, so you got two games there. You know, I I, I had posted, I mentioned it earlier in this episode, that I was concerned that with a half dozen games being played at the Adelaide Oval in the span of like four days, you know, what kind of shape was the turf going to be in? But, you know, several people assured me that the folks that would, you know, would take good care of the grass, and it would be, it would be in top-notch shape when the uh, Saints and Magpies played on uh, Sunday afternoon. Well, the one problem we've got there is I believe there's some rain in the forecast. So let's hope the rain stays away because yeah. listening to Triple M and that today, like Adelaide, the city's really got behind this. A um, lot of tourists have gone there. Hotels are booked out. It's going to be pumping. And I, I really wish I was there, but, you know, hopefully I can add some South Australian stories to this podcast. Yeah, so – I mean, was there any, you know, because, you know, for those of you that don't know, Mick just went home for a visit a couple of weeks ago. Was there any discussion in terms of, of rescheduling your trip to be there for the gather round? No, not really, because we like to go when it's still beach weather. And three weeks ago was, you know, we hit AFL round one in Melbourne, those two games, the MCG right. was great. It was still warm enough for the beach. But no, I didn't. It's too hard to reschedule holidays, and okay, I, 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 I think they announced it very late last year. So no, I wish I was there now, but not too worried. Okay, now I noticed just looking at that that uh, the lineups there. There, you know, there's also another name that I recognize, and I, I think this gentleman is too old. Uh, there's somebody who was one of the outs for the for the Norwood Club, last name of Baum. Now that wouldn't be. That's not. The, the the bomb that's involved with the Tigers, is it? No, but um oh I tell you who Neil Baum would have been coaching right then. So uh-huh. he's a legend coach of Norwood, playing coach. He was dirty, mm-hmm. he was big and tough and mean. But that would be his brother. His brother okay. played in Ruck as well. Not as good as Neil, but Neil was a legend who obviously great player at the Richmond Tigers in his day. Then he coached Norwood very successfully. Then he coached Woodville West Torrens when Woodville combined with West Torrens. He was the coach there. So I did the preseason that year and met him and so forth. So, okay. yeah, terrific. Great, great coach. Great well, player. You know, it's interesting. You know, I did, yeah, you know, when I did the, the, the local club of the episode, and again, I, I, I did pick a uh, South Australian club and I, and I, I, I do these more often than not. I do them at random. And I, I ran, you know, the, the club that I went with, uh, is one and it's a name that I recognize, you know, when I when I researched him as a club that uh Russell Ebert 
you know, cut his teeth on and, and played on when he was younger before he moved on to Port Adelaide. What's that was up in the River, Riverland, Wakery or Renmark uh, or somewhere? It was, uh, it was Loxton. The right, Loxton, Loxton, Loxton yeah. Tigers, yeah, yep. right up right yep. up by yep. the, Mur the Murray River National Park, yeah. Yep. yep. Well, Russ, Russell gets in the conversation of the greatest South Australian footballer ever, and he obviously coached the three years I was at Woodville, mm -hmm. um, and he sadly died about a Two, year ago. Year and a half so, ago, yeah, yeah, 2021, I think, well, yeah. Yeah, absolute legend. I would put, personally, I'd put Malcolm Blight as the greatest ever South Australian player, and there's there's competitions running this weekend about that because he, he won the SANFL McGarry medal. He won the Brownlow medal for North Melbourne, kicked a hundred goals and absolute legend. I remember sitting with my dad right behind where he was playing in a state of origin game. And he just took this hanger right in front of us. And I just got, Oh wow. What a player. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are you ready to, you ready to get into your tips for this week? Well, yeah, we both tipped the Crows, and what we a did. great win! That we was did. fantastic to yes. win by so much as well. Yeah. Wow! I, I only I only picked you know picked them by seven points, but uh, yeah. So let's look at the games that are coming up uh, the rest of the round there. So we're both one and zero going into this. I was six and three last week, which is uh, no seven and two last week. I missed out on uh, last week. I missed out on the uh, Magpies and the Swans. And let's just be honest, had the Swans done a little bit. Uh, a little more shepherding, I would have gone eight and one. Um, so it is what it is. So the first get, you know, this is coming up overnight. We got uh, Fremantle, and I don't even know who the quote unquote home team is, but Fremantle and Gold Coast are at the Norwood Oval that you mentioned there. So um, have you looked at the ins and outs for this one? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but I know the Dockers are favored by seven and a half. But whew. well, you want to go through the ins and outs? Or? Well, yeah, we got. Uh, I went through them earlier, but uh, Corey Wagner, Michael Frederick, Sam Sturter in, Liam Henry, Matt Matt Tabiner, Nathan O'Driscoll, Nathan Wilson out. Corey Wagner's debuting. Brandon Ellis, Bryn Fiorini, Mabiar Chol, uh, Sean Lemons in, Alex Secton, Elijah Hollins, Huego Way, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, Joel Jeffrey, and Levi Casbolt is being managed. So, yep. Uh, All right. Well, Dockers were bad crows were good crows controlled that game from start to finish mm -hmm. i'm not impressed with the dockers they're really missing the big bodies of fife and mundy no tabernar as well like he hasn't been playing that good but i believe he's still in perth i like the young fella jai amos looks like he's got potential up forward now nord oval it's a little bit shorter but it's narrow, so it's a smallish ground. It's actually a weird ground to play on, to be honest. And I think the Suns might win this. I just can't pick the Dockers. I don't know who's going to score. If Matty Rowell and that get the ball out the centre, bomb it in long to Lacocious and so uh -huh. forth, I'm going for an upset. I'm yeah. going for the Suns to win outright against the Dockers, and I, I hope so. We want to see them going well. I, I went, I went for the Suns on this one as well. Now, I guess you know since you bit, you've played on this ground before, and you said it's a little bit shorter. Is it? If is it uh, mainly a situation? Would this be a situation where if if the uh, if the the Sydney Cricket Ground and Cardinia Park had a fling, would this be the offspring of that park? 
you know what? You're pretty right. They're maybe slightly longer than the Sydney cricket ground, but okay. definitely definitely narrow. And the forward pocket where the grandstands are, it kind of feels at a bit of a weird angle or something, but it's probably just the, the different grandstands and the cement wall where the change rooms are. So check it out on TV. be interesting. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I believe the reason they're playing there is probably because it has very good light. I think okay. that's probably why. Okay, yeah, and I, I mean, I, I think that's a like a three o'clock start my time here. I do plan on, uh, uh, yeah, three ten this morning. I, I think I, I think I will be up for that one. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to bed early tonight because I'm gonna get up and watch that one and the Tigers and the Swans. So, I'll be up uh, sucking down coffee. I mean, I may not start it out right at three o'clock. I may, I may have to go back and start it at the. Uh, uh, halftime or something like that, but I can go back and get it at the beginning there. But I, I think I will get up early to watch that one just because I've still got a couple more days off before I go back to work and I might as well enjoy watching the games as live as I possibly can. Yep. So then we go back to the Adelaide Oval for the Tigers and the Swans. And this is a, this is a, you know, this is an interesting game because neither club has played all that well um, recently. Yeah, well, what about Damien Hardwick, the Tigers coach, in his press conference? I mean, what a complainer, whiner. Like, even Damien Barrett said, suck it up, Hardwick. Like, stop whining and complaining. Lynch is out. Tom Lynch, great player, but he's a bit of a nut. He's out for a long time, injured and reported. Oh, the Swans, eh? They had so many more forwards inside the 50. 67 versus 50 against the Power. 20 to 7 in the first quarter, and they lost. I'm going for the Swans. They're favoured by five and a half, and I hope they win well against the uh, Rotten Tigers. Yeah, I, I, I went ahead and went with the uh, the Swans in this one as well. I just think that it's uh, at this point in time, and again, you know, no, uh, no Buddy Franklin this game. Um, he's going to be out. Dane Rampy's going to be out as well. Um, I guess I should have told mentioned that to you. Um, both McCartan brothers are back out uh, as well. Um, Jack Rewalt was going to be is going to be back in, but I, I wonder with Lynch not being there, is Sydney going to be able to you know basically shut down you know Jack Rewalt and force you know Dusty Martin is is a great presence out on the ground, but Dusty Martin of twenty twenty three has not really been the Dusty Martin of twenty twenty. Yeah, but he's so dangerous. He could oh, you're just right. you're the right. best, best player, couldn't he? Like, he really you're right. good. But You're right. Yeah. yeah. So I just I just think it's going to be the Swans in that one, though. And then we move to the Adelaide Hills, uh, which, um, as you mentioned, uh, you know, is kind of on the outskirts. You said, what, Mount Barker? Yeah, well, as you, as you leave Adelaide, you'll go up the hills to the Adelaide Hills, and, you know, it's nothing like the Rocky Mountains or anything. But, yeah, it's a decent-sized hill, and you've got the Cleveland National Park up there, all the kangaroos and that, that the tourists love. A lot of koalas up there and their natural habitat. So Mount Barker is a town that's pretty close to the main highway as you drive out of Adelaide towards Melbourne. Okay. I haven't played there, but I've played at Ovals not far from there when I was younger for Gawler South in a trial game. It can be wet and cold up there, so let's hope it's not too wet. Um, it won't well, fit a huge crowd, but yeah, interesting location. Good on them getting around the country yeah. a bit. So, yeah, I think yeah. so. So, yeah, you've got uh, 
Ben Mackay and Griffin Loger back in for uh, North Melbourne. I think Mackay being back in is huge. Uh, Paul Curtis, Hugh Greenwood is going to be the sub. Aiden Bonner's out. Daniel Rich and Darcy Ford are back in for uh, for Brisbane. Devin Robertson, Jack Gunston being managed, and Jackson Pryor being omitted. What are you thinking on this one? Oh, Lions are favoured by 30, 20 or 30 points. I'll take the Lions to win, but the Roos might give them a shake because you just don't know how they're going to cope with the new oval and the different surrounds and so right, right. forth. But, you know, Charlie Cameron played well, Rainer up forward. So you'd think the Lions would win that, but it might be closer than people think. think. I, I went with the Roos on this one. Wow. I took, the, I took the Roos to win this one. I just They're not playing at the Gabba. And it's it's to me it's a bit of a crapshoot for Brisbane when they when they leave Brisbane when they leave the Gabba you never know what you're going to get from them so I'm just gonna yeah I'm just I'm going with the ruse I usually do one upset special each week and this is I think this is my upset special for this round no good good on you yep there'll be upsets for so, sure yeah and then we get to the uh, Adelaide Oval again and the grass is just taking a deep breath going wait a minute somebody else is coming in um. You got Essendon and the Melbourne Demons there. Uh, Will Snelling is in. Uh, Alwyn Davey is out. Sam Wiedemann's out. Adam Tomlinson in. Ben Brown in. Jake Lever's injured. James Jordan uh, is a sub. Michael Hibbert being managed. And uh, you've got Jake Stringer back in um, doing a great imitation of an Italian sports car out of the shop and absolutely purring. <laughs> well, I gotta say this, listening to the radio, like some of the Melbourne people are wishing that this game and the Saints and Collingwood were in Melbourne for massive crowds. Get over it. It's an extra round anyway, right? So Adelaide Over will be packed out. I believe this one is sold out as well. So should be a ripper of a game. Demons are favored by about twenty-four. Yeah, I think they'll win by that and probably cover over the bombers, but you never know. Yeah, I, I I went with the D's as well. I just my argument was that the the Bombers really have not beaten anybody yet. Uh, you know, nobody that they've beaten are inside the eight right now. So, right. I th- you know, if they if they beat the D's this week, then I'll go okay. I notice you now, but they but they they've got to they've got to prove that they're they're worthy of being. Well, I guess they they are worthy of being a three and one club right now because they won three games. But is that sustainable? I don't know. But I think the D's are going to take this one as well. So, and then we head back and, and, and I think quite frankly, I think this next game should have been the last game of the round only because it's the other occupant of the Adelaide Oval. And we got Port Adelaide and the Western Bulldogs. Um, Ryan Burton's back off of a concussion. Jackson Mead omitted Tom Jonas injured. Uh, Alex Keith injured. Bailey Smith is out. That's a big out. Hayden Crozier out. Robbie McComb omitted Tim O'Brien, Taylor Durier and the little surfer boy, little surfer man, Cody Waitman is back for his first game of the season. What you think? It's wow. Sam? Well, well, I uh, I heard today seeing it's not Port Adelaide's home game. It's no one's home game, really. They might not be allowed to play the in excess song Terrace Apart. So that's interesting. Uh, they're favoured by about ten. A little bit worried about some of those outs you just mentioned for the mm-hmm. doggies, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for an upset. I'm going to take the dogs to beat the power in Adelaide. They beat them there recently. I think they're a better team. Sure, Port Adelaide have got the home crowd. 
I'll go for the dogs mainly because I want them to win as well, but I think that they can. Dogs okay. in an upset. I, I went with Port Adelaide in this one, and quite frankly, I hope that Todd Marshall kicks about eight goals and gets back into the uh, the Coleman race, so I looked like I knew what I was doing when I tipped him to win the Coleman this year. Uh, he's kind of fallen by the wayside the last couple of weeks here. So, yeah, I went with Port Adelaide on that one. And then we get to this, – this was a tough game to tip right here. I really scuffled with this one. Um, yeah, we got Geelong and the West Coast Eagles. Um, for the Eagles, Tom Cole is out. Shannon Hearn managed. Elijah Hewitt omitted. Alex Witherden, Harry Edwards, Jack Petrocelli, Luke Foley, Xavier O'Neill, and Zane True are back in. Again, these are all still on the extended bench, so some of these players will not play. Uh, Jed Buse is out with concussion. Gary Rowan is suspended. Uh, Tanner Brune, Sam Simpson, Sam DeKoning, Mitch Nevitt, and Brandon Parfit are all back in for the Cats. What are you thinking on this one, sir? Oh, worst game of the round. I think Cats will destroy them. They're favoured by about 32. They should win by 10 goals. I mean, Adelaide Oval's a nice place for him normally, I think, and be interesting to see if Tom Barras can stop Jeremy Cameron to any level. Mm-hmm. But nah, you think the Cats would win by ten goal with this one? Yeah, I, I, last week and this week were you know opportunities for them to hopefully well, last week they did it, but hopefully this week as well for them to add percentage. And th- and I mentioned this in the earlier part of the episode. I said you know that the NFL, Major League Baseball, they the you basically have built into those games where you don't show up your opponent, you know, you're, you know, you're up by four touchdowns with, you know, five minutes left in the, in the, the NFL game or the CFL game, you're, you're running the ball and you're trying to eat up clock and you're trying to get the game over. You're not, you know, you're not running, you know, play action and, you know, sending your, your, you know, your wideouts on fly patterns and trying to, you know, hit 80 yard touchdown passes at that point in time, because you don't want to show up the other side, but in the AFL and in, and in footy in general, it's not like that. It's, it's, you know, if you've got your opponent on the ground, you keep driving a, a sword through their scoring heart, if you will, for the metaphor here, because it's all about percentage on the ladder. So you're trying to, well, put as many, yeah. I am glad you brought that up. Cause when I talked with Gabe for years, I can't stand that American saying of running up the score. Uh-huh. You are dead right. When we play football, any league, whether it's country, city, wherever, everyone on that team except for the top players are fighting for their position every week. Mm-hmm. So running up the score is not even a saying. You destroy that team right into the last minute. Sure, you might rest a couple of your best players in the last quarter, but no, the new kids coming in might take your spot. So other than Bill Belichick, who doesn't in the NFL, and I agree with him, Give them no mercy. Bury that team. It's a tough world. You got to be tough to play it. I don't like that American saying running up the score. Because yeah. as you said, it's not a thing in Australia. We'll bury that team right till the end. But then you'll shake hands with them after the game. Absolutely. Yes. Because, because, shake because, hands. Absolutely. Be, yes. Because yes. every because because people know, you know, the players understand that that's the way that the that the the ladder works. I mean, and I did an episode of the podcast uh, a while back um, where I actually looked at the previous NFL. It must've been in 2022. And I looked at the 2021 NFL season and I basically put like all 32 teams or I did, I did each conference and I basically did the NFL standings 
like the AFL with, you know, the, the ladder and the percentage and that sort of thing. And there were clubs, there were teams that, you know, got into the playoffs here in the NFL that under the AFL system, they would not have been anywhere close to being in the playoffs because we have all the different, yeah, we have the, the NFC East, you know, with the Eagles and the giants and the Cowboys and the commanders or the, you know, the, the chiefs and Broncos and chargers. And, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the fourth team that's in there. Chief, uh, da, 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 da. Chiefs, Broncos. Raiders. Raiders, thank you. I, they're not at Oakland anymore, so I kind of forgot about them. Yeah. So you you were, you were had clubs that had finished with a losing record who got into the playoffs who would have been like 13th on the NFL ladder, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's so... I, I would love for the I would love for the NFL to adopt something like that because I think it yeah. would it would it would get it would get teams to legitimately try to um to score as much as they possibly can, which would lead to more excitement in the game. Yeah. And th- think of and again, I as you know, I don't I don't do any wagering on games, but think about what this does, this would do to to the wagering of stuff, because if you're somebody who's put money on a game and, 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 and you've got to the, you've got something where it's, you know, like, okay, yeah, the, if, if it's, you know, I have to win by three and a half points to, to win my bet and I, or I have to win by, let's say 13 and a half points. Okay. So it's a big margin and I'm, I'm up by 13 points with three minutes left and they just start, you know, taking a knee and running out the clock. And you're thinking you guys are costing me goddamn money because you're not bothering to run plays and trying to, you know, score another couple of points. Yeah, that's right. Well, there's was, the saying, the saying in the NFL is be careful of the backdoor cover. And uh-huh. you're right because you can be up and then the team knows they'll still win by three or seven, but they, the other team scores and you lose the cover. So you've got to be careful. But when you're actually playing Aussie football, uh-huh. you kind of mention, you know, the percentage. You're not actually thinking of the percentage. Every player that runs on that field has the aim to be best player. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking of becoming best player and the team to win and basically just rub it into your opposition. So you're not really thinking percentage. It's those two reasons, become best player and just bury the team to embarrass them and and give it to them afterwards when you're having a beer, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But you, but you're still doing your, but you're still respecting them afterwards. I don't think that. I, I, I'll be honest. The the only real taunting I have I have that I can recall seeing in the AFL was uh was that Luke Parker from the Swans last yeah. year. That's I mean that's the only yeah. instance of of like player on player taunting. I mean I, I guess you know you got you know you got players who you know will do. You know, the, the, you know, look at me, look at what I did, that sort of thing. But they're not necessarily doing it in the other player's face. I mean, that sort of thing happens, I think, far too much in in sports here in the United States. And, in, and you know, maybe to an extent, I don't know how much in Canada, but it certainly happens here. Yeah, well, glad you said that as well, because I often talk to my girlfriend about this. I say, in hockey, right, NHL <laughs> hockey, if a team gets up and then the other team say they're up 5-1 and there's three minutes left, then the other team that's losing wants to fight, right? Well, I look at that as bad sportsmanship. You weren't good enough when it counted. Now you want to fight. Whereas in Australia, you will go hard, hard, hard. But if another team gets up by a lot, 
you don't see the other team trying to play dirty because they realise they got their butt kicked and it's bad sportsmanship to do yeah. that. Yeah. So I don't like it when I see that in hockey. I think it's weak. Yeah. So I, I just I, and again I don't I don't wa- I don't watch hockey necessarily. I mean it's just just not it's not something that's on any of the channels that I that I have access to either. So, um, <laughs> and I didn't I don't I didn't watch a single NBA game this season. So you know it's uh right yeah. But, so glad footy's back though. Watched all nine games last week. So far I'm one for one this week. Wow. Um, but uh, let's get into the last two games of the round. Uh, Cause I know you're, you're, uh, you're still, you know, sitting in your truck and the air conditioning is probably not working in it. <laughs> no, I don't, don't need the air conditioning today. No. Yeah. Not well, that hot. <laughs> it got up, it got up to about 26 here today. So it nice wow. toasty day today. Um, wow. So we're back at the Norwood Oval for the second game of the round there. You've got GWS and the Hawthorne Hawks. Uh, Seamus Mitchell is a debutante for Hawthorne. Will Day suspended. Lockie Bramble, Max Lynch, uh, Ned Long, and the aforementioned Mitchell are in. Uh, for the Giants, uh, Aaron Cadman's debuting. They're taking him out of the packaging and going to turn him loose. Uh, Connor Stone omitted. Uh, Brett Daniels uh, being managed, Xavier O'Halloran, Ryan Angwin, Kieran Briggs, James Peatling, and Cadman are all in for the Giants. What are you thinking on this one? Oh, yeah, not much of a game really, is it? Both teams are one and three. Giants are a better team. Hawks are just, wow, they gave away their good players at the start of the year, didn't they? So they mm-hmm. they kind of tanked preseason. I don't like that. But anyway, they've gone way too young. He still needs some experience there. Giants yeah. are favoured by uh, 15. Yeah, I think they'll win by that or more. Yeah. I went with the Giants on this one as well. Um, now, let, let me ask you this before we get to the last game. I I, I mentioned earlier in the in the episode, I, I said that, you know, I, I, I asked a question about the – with the Tigers, with all the injuries that they have right now, because we may be seeing – I think the Tigers and the, and the Eagles are going to look an awful lot next year like North Melbourne and Hawthorne looked about a year and a half or two and a half years ago, depending upon which club it is. I think that you're going to see a lot of young players coming in, but I, I, I asked, I asked a question whether or not uh, the acquisitions of uh, Hopper and Toronto were those, were those pickups for one last gasp with this group of players, or were they the first two bricks to be placed in the foundation of the next Tigers premiership team? <laughs> I hope it backfires on them. I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they're short. They are an interesting position. I think they'll keep trying to make the eight and mm-hmm. maybe just blood a few good players. You know, they've got some good players coming through, not really like the Eagles. So, no, I think the Tigers can be around the mark for the next two or three years. But uh, you know what I think of them. Not, not a real big fan of that team. Yeah. yeah. So let's get to the last game of the round. And and I don't know if they again, – again, I don't know the when they decided upon the order of when these games are going to be played, but I – think they got this one right being the last game if you're not going to have port adelaide and the bulldogs you know port bookending the crows at their home stadium uh you've got collingwood and st kilda and this is interesting reef mckinnis has been omitted uh trey rusco trent bianco tom wilson 
and a formerly blonde Jack Ginnivan will be in. And Cooper Sharman, Tim Membry, and Tom Campbell are all in for St. Kilda. But again, all these names are on the uh, extended interchange right now. That Those four of those names will end up, at least three will get bumped off, and one will, one will end up becoming the uh, the emergency player there. So what are you thinking on this one? Well, Ginnivan, eh? he's, uh, he's definitely controversial and out suspending for sticking that crazy bad stuff up his nose. Um yeah, it's a great game. Magpies three and one, Saints four and oh. oh big crowd. There'll be a lot of Melbourne people, probably a lot of Collingwood people traveling over for that. Mm -hmm. The Magpies have beaten them the last three of four games by an average of 33 points. They're favored by 17. I'll take the Magpies to win, but I think the Saints might give them a real shake and maybe even win it. So take the Saints to cover that 17 and a half. But no, I think the Magpies are a better team. And it will be interesting to see how long the Saints can keep up their current excellent form. You've got to hand it to them. Yeah, yeah. I, I went with the Saints on this one. I just I just wow. think that they've, you know, they're, they're playing well. Um, I still worry about what the Magpies are going to do with the ruck position. Because yeah. you know, they just absolutely scuffled um last week in brisbane and it's you know they better have a uh you know you've got some pretty decent young midfielders um with st kilda who are hungry who are playing for a coach who reminds them every second i think of every day that yeah you're hungry out there wanting to be that best player you can be Collingwood's got to figure out a way to get clearances without the ball being tapped to them. And they didn't figure that out last week because Brisbane did a really nice job of, of keeping the ball away from them. And if they, if they can't figure that out this week, I think, I think St. Kilda wins this one by, I think I, well, I, I said four points initially, but I think this one could end up being a pretty wide margin. If they cannot get the clearances in the, uh, in the uh, center square. Yeah, absolutely. It all, it really does. So, it always has, but even more so now. You control that centre square and the and the close, you know, uh, throw up. If your on ballers get on top, that really does control the game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not that hard to read the opposition ruckman. So the Collingwood good on ballers should be able to read the ruckman. But I think yeah. it's Marshall. He's pretty good for the Saints. So you're right. It could be the difference. Yeah, I I just you know. Mason Cox can't get healthy quick enough for them. You know, it's just, it's a, uh, I think they're, I think they're in a real tough spot until they get their ruck position figured out, figured out. Cause they're basically down three rucks right now. Cause Be yeah, Beggs, Beggs is banged up as well. Interesting. Isn't it? They get rid of Grundy and then all of a sudden everyone loves Mason Cox. Like well, a year or two ago, he was nearly out. So good on the big American. And, I'm happy and, and, for him, but I hope yeah. he gets back in. And the best part about that. The Magpies are still paying part of his salary. Wow! Grundy, for Grundy, yeah, they're still pay, they're still paying part of Grundy's salary. So, wow! Yeah. So, Mick, where can people find your work, and what are you up to, and what are you going to be up to? Well, tomorrow night at eight ten Eastern, I'll again be on, on Sports Grid New York based Sports Grid TV, Sirius XM channel one five nine. 
You can find it everywhere, sportsgrid.com, or go to the YouTube Sports Grid and get involved in the chat. So it's mainly AFL talk this time of year with Gabe Renzi, who's a big West Coast Eagles fan. It was quite funny last week because he, we said the Swans were going to win, so his, uh, his tweets late at night weren't too good because he had quite a bit of money on the Swans. So I just laugh because you shouldn't bet that much the amount he does. And then, of course, uh, MickOzzy.tv, always updating that. Yep, you did have a couple things. You had some stuff dealing with the uh, NHL just yesterday that I saw up there. Um, so, well, yeah, and I will put all those links in the show notes as well. But uh, I think this, you know, I think your home state is going to represent the uh, the game very well this weekend. Um and do you think this is something that continues next year? Well, I was listening today and the uh, Premier, Peter Makanakos or whatever his name is, he's done really well. Like, he, he really did hound Gil McLaughlin, who is from Adelaide, about getting this event. And obviously, uh-huh. they paid millions of dollars to get it. Uh, good on him. And then next weekend, he's got the Live Golf Tournament, which we don't care about here, but that's a big deal down there in Adelaide. So... And he's got the car race back, the V8. So he's done well getting some big events back to my home city. Because as we know, Melbourne stole the Formula One from us about 25 years ago. So Melbourne seems to have everything. But it is a big sports town, no doubt about that. Melbourne's got probably triple the population of Adelaide. Adelaide's a terrifically friendly place. A lot of people Mm -hmm. know each other. And Aussie football is as huge in Adelaide per percentage of people as it is in Melbourne. No doubt about that. Okay. So if it does, if it does happen next year and I, and I propose this and I, and I actually put a, a little quick video on my, on my socials today, cause it got me thinking about this, but well, one, where do they have it next year? Do they go back to Adelaide or do they go to Perth? Do they go to Gold Coast and Brisbane? Um, you know, do they maybe go play games in, you know, it, it may not be a gather round, but they might call it something else. And maybe they play, you know, like, uh, a couple games in, you know, and I know they usually go to Darwin, maybe a couple in Darwin, a couple in Cairns, a couple in Towns, uh, Townsville, maybe they go to Alice Springs for a couple and then they find, uh, you know, you need a ninth game somewhere else then, but, uh, you know, maybe you put three in Darwin. I don't know. Um, but, you know, you maybe get the game out to other other places. Uh, and I saw somebody on Reddit say, well, they should have a round where they 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 bring bring all of the games to the United States, which <laughs> which would be which would be awesome. Yeah. But I don't have a, I don't have a clue where they would actually play the games. Nah, you, 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 you want to bring one decent game to the U.S. Absolutely. But I I got a feeling that Adelaide will get it next year because I've sold out just about every game. Okay. And they deserve it, I believe, for a second year. But then, sure, start to move it around. Absolutely, Perth would sell out all the games as well. I think they should go to Brisbane because Brisbane did such a great job and Queensland during the COVID year. That, and the that's Grand a great Final point. But not New South Wales. I just don't think they get the crowds in New South Wales because it's mainly rugby still, but Aussie footy is doing well there. Yeah, but it's about growing the game as well. But definitely Adelaide again, Perth and Brisbane. I think will be the three that should get it. Okay, 
That makes sense. That makes sense. And I, but I, I was wondering. I said, well, you know, if if you know, the foregone conclusion is that that Tasmania is likely to get the nineteenth club license, you're not gonna you're not gonna have a, a gather round and bring a nineteenth club there and tell them to bring their budgie smugglers and their golf clubs because they've got a bye week during the the gather round. You're gonna need a twentieth club, you know. So yeah, interesting. So, I haven't thought so, of that. Yeah, so you got to go. You know, who's that twentieth club going to be? And it's you know, and, and it, it makes it it makes sense that you know we talked about. Uh, well, I, I talked to Andrew the other day about you know it you know this you know the story they come out of possibly being Norwood who would put their hands up and he, as he said he's involved with Norwood and he had not he'd heard the rumors about it but as he said I don't think anybody with our club has said anything about that in reality, you know. So he was you know, would it be another club in Perth? You know, another club that would, you know, step that would move up from the waffle or a sandful club. You know, I, I don't think, I, I don't think you would bring another club into Victoria because you, you've combined Victorian clubs with other clubs to keep the, you know, and, and condense the, the competition at, you know, when you uh, condensed the, you know, the um, Fitzroy with, uh, with Brisbane. I don't think you could put another club in, you know, have another, um, club in the melbourne area you know leave the uh the vfl as like a standalone club and move into the afl i don't think that's going to happen no well i uh i'll be honest i don't think they should go to 19 i think they should relocate a team to tasmania but that's not as easy said as done because tassie want their own team right right but i think i think 19's too many the reason i say that is things have changed right everything's professional the draft is all followed the way the usa go with drafting and so forth but the trouble is you look at some of these teams like Hawthorne and even North Melbourne still some of these guys are 18 19 there's probably a couple of hundred players in the country and other leagues in South Australia and Victoria and Perth that are better than these guys playing AFL now but that's Mm -hmm. the system we're in that's the system that is currently in get drafted develop your players but some of these players don't really deserve to be playing AFL. And we're not, we're not going to be compiling a list of names here tonight. So, uh, no. you know what I mean? You get, you no, no, no. Yes. No, I know exactly what you mean. You're right. You're absolutely right. You know, there are, there are players out there who have not been discovered yet who may be better suit, you know, maybe better options for clubs. They, you know, the, the clubs just don't know about them. Yeah, and I, I love it when you see a mature age person get picked up, someone that's 25, 26, because all our bodies develop differently. Like, I wasn't really a man in strength until 21 to 20, 21-ish, right? So, you know, I was probably at my peak at not until 23-ish, right? So uh-huh. there's no way some players are going to be good enough at 19. So I think they should have more of the mature age recruits at 23 24 25 come into the system absolutely to pick up these players from country areas and the good other leagues um just too many younger kids are getting a go when they they probably don't deserve it you know that makes sense i mean it, it it almost sounds like that that more things need to be done to help to strengthen local footy which would then in turn make the upper levels of the competition that much better as well. Oh, and then now they're talking about 
a national reserves competition, well, that would that would destroy even again the SANFL and the Waffle. So, I mean, hey, we love the AFL, but it's a, a massive amount of money industry and they, they try and control things too, right, to the detriment yeah. of, of other leagues and grassroots. So, right, right. Hey, but it is. It's the way the world has changed, right? So I guess what we need to do is we need to get that 1% of American fans on board, get them all buying international memberships for their clubs, and then the different clubs and the and the uh, the league will have so damn much cash laying around, they can do whatever the hell they want, and it won't really matter because they've got the cash to do it. Absolutely. Put it so, into the grassroots football more. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Mick, hey, man. I want you to have a fantastic Friday. Enjoy the footy this weekend. Uh, what was that website again before we go? Uh, TV. There you go. <laughs> yep. And uh, I do want to wish all the best to uh, to Stephen Rowe as well before we get out of here. Uh, <laughs> He's all right. He's not a bad guy. <laughs> no, I, I know. I know. But uh, are you? did you return his boots to him? I actually, I know you're saying that as a joke, but um, I've actually, I've actually, tweet, I've actually tweeted at him over the years a bit about what happened. So he hasn't oh, no. replied. But... Well, well, here, here's the thing about that. I've, I've joked here, but now somebody's going to go back and search through years and years worth of your t- Twitter thread and find out what it is that actually happened. Now, I avoided it. I made a joke about shoes, and you. <laughs> No, so, I'm, just, I'm just dirty that he punched me right in the guts. Like, yeah. we're on the ground, and he really did punch me hard in the guts. He got away with it, right? And then yeah. I couldn't. We were rolling around on the ground and kind of fighting a bit, but I couldn't get reported. By that time, the umpires were kind of close, right? So, right. yeah, he punched me hard in the guts, the dirty bugger. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mick, man, I hope you have a fantastic Friday again. Um, stay safe and uh, keep the shiny side up. Yeah, and I hope everyone enjoys the coverage from my home state and city of Adelaide because it, it really is a smallish city, but it's very friendly and uh, most people are pretty cool and football mad. Have a great weekend, man. Yepper. Oh, you know what? I forgot. Before we go, um, since we don't have the camera on today, did you wear your headband to work? <laughs> yeah, kids, get a haircut because if your hair gets in your eyes, you might fumble <laughs> and then get dropped the next week. Get a haircut. See you later, man. There you go. Cheers, Mick. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Remember that you can find everything related to the uh, podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll get on the mailing list. I've added about a half dozen new uh, subscribers to the mailing list. So when new episodes come out, those get sent to you. Uh, And I am sending out the, uh, the link to my website because there are links then for, I believe, 13 or 14 different podcast hosts on there. So if you have a preference... You can certainly go click on that one. It'll take you right to there to listen to that current episode. You can also uh, leave a review for the podcast. If you enjoy the show, if you like what I'm doing, if you if you think I'm uh, worth sharing with other people, and you can take a couple minutes there, click on that leave a review button up at the top of my website as well, and share your thoughts. Uh, I love being able to share your thoughts with other people, which gives me a little bit of street cred, if you will. Uh, if you want to help out the podcast, you can certainly do that with the buy me a coffee button that's there. Uh, again, uh, this is all you know, a one-man show here. I do all my own editing, all my own publishing, all the stuff that comes up on the blog, everything. It, it's all just me. 
And uh, if you want to help out the show, if you like what I'm doing, uh, there's nothing behind a paywall. It's all out there for you. If you want to do that, you certainly can help out that way. The little yellow button in the bottom left-hand corner or the little white rectangle on the right-hand side. Anything that comes in on that goes right back into the podcast to help keep us on the air. And uh, I do appreciate the kind words, folks. Feel free to drop me a note. Uh, if you would be a great guest for the podcast, if you got some great ideas, I do have an interview that I'm going to be sitting down to do tomorrow, which is kind of an interesting one because it's, it's, it's a unique topic. Uh, it, it kind of hits a little close to home with me, but it, it has a little bit of a twist on it. So I'm looking forward to bringing that one to you. Uh, ladies and gents, please check up on your friends. Make sure they're okay. Reach out to them. If you need to talk to somebody, please do that. Okay, please reach out. Please let people know that you need to talk. All of those numbers are listed in my show notes uh, if you, you know, here for here in the United States as well as in Australia. So click on the show notes button there. And find that number if you need to find that. Uh, but like I said, check up on your friends. Ladies and gentlemen, I do appreciate the kind words and uh, support. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 255 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can find me at a yank on the footy podcast on Facebook or a yank on the footy on Instagram, a yank on the footy on Tumblr, uh, excuse me, on Rumble. And uh, search for my name, Craig Wessels, on YouTube as well as on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. I'd love to connect with you there. I do appreciate you for checking out the podcast. And uh, I do hope you'll also share it with your friends and family. And until next time, Mick, thanks a lot, man. Talk to you soon. Goodbye, everybody.